0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Wednesday, January 10th. The world is on edge as Taiwan heads to a pivotal election, and politicians from Germany's AFD meet an extremist group to discuss a deportation master plan. Plus, Bhutan's opposition wins the election amidst an unprecedented economic crisis, and we'll tell you what to watch for in the final GOP debate before the Iowa caucuses. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's politics station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. The upcoming presidential election in Taiwan is drawing international attention, with implications far beyond the island's shores. Abby, our Asia correspondent, is here to discuss the situation. Abby, what's the current climate like in Taiwan?
1: Michael, the atmosphere is tense. The three candidates are in a tight race and they're using a mix of traditional street rallies and social media campaigns to reach voters. The incumbent Democratic Progressive Party, or DPP, currently holds a slight lead, but the nationalists, known as the KMT and the Taiwan People's Party, are not far behind.
0: It seems that relations with China are a major issue in this election. How are the candidates addressing this?
1: Absolutely, Michael. The DPP under Vice President William Lai has been critical of China, which has led to strained relations. The KMT and TPP, however, are advocating for a more measured re-engagement with Beijing, arguing that this approach will better safeguard Taiwan's de facto independence.
0: And what about the voters? What are their main concerns?
1: Well, Taiwan's economic growth has slowed to its lowest rate in eight years, and voters are increasingly focused on improving their livelihoods. Chinese boycotts and sanctions have had a significant impact and lifting the ban on Chinese tourists alone could boost Taiwan's GDP by over 1%. Anti-incumbency is also a factor, as no party in Taiwan has won three straight terms since democratization in the late 1980s.
0: Interesting. And what about the international implications of this election?
1: Taiwan's status is a major point of contention between the world's superpowers, The U.S. is obliged by Congress to sell Taiwan weapons for its own defense, and President Biden has vowed to protect Taiwan from Chinese military aggression. Additionally, Taiwan's role in global supply chains, particularly in the production of advanced semiconductor chips, means that any disruption could have significant global economic impacts.
0: It's clear that the outcome of this election will have far-reaching implications. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now let's shift our focus to Germany, where the far-right Alternative for Deutschland, AFD party, is under scrutiny following a controversial meeting with right-wing extremist groups. Abby, our European correspondent, is here to shed some light on this. Abby, what can you tell us about this meeting?
1: Michael, this meeting, which took place last November, involved politicians from the AFD, including a personal aide to its leader, Alice Weidel, and the head of the identitarian movement, a right-wing extremist group. The meeting was reportedly held to discuss a master plan for mass deportations if the AFD comes to power.
0: That sounds quite alarming. Could you explain more about this master plan?
1: Certainly. The concept is referred to as re-migration, which essentially means the forceful return of migrants to their countries of origin via mass deportations. This would not only target asylum seekers, but also German citizens who... According to Martin Sellner, a key figure in the pan-European New Right and the presenter of this master plan form aggressive, rapidly growing parallel societies.
0: How has the AFD responded to these allegations?
1: The AFD has stated that the reported proposals are not party policy and that the party's position on immigration policy won't change because of a single opinion at a non-AFD meeting. However, the party has not distanced itself from the identitarian movement despite the latter's membership being considered incompatible with AFD membership.
0: What impact could this have on the AFD's political standing, especially considering they're polling first in all five of Germany's eastern
1: states? It's a complex situation, Michael. While the AFD is gaining traction in some areas, this controversy could potentially damage their reputation. There's a debate over whether the AFD should be banned due to concerns that it poses a fundamental threat to German democracy. However, others argue that such a move could further radicalize AFD supporters, especially if the Constitutional Court were to reject a ban.
0: It seems like a delicate balance. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now let's turn our attention to Bhutan where former Prime Minister sharing Tabgay has been re-elected amid economic frustrations in what was once dubbed the happiest nation in the world. Abby, our correspondent, is here to delve into the details. Abby, what can you tell us about this development?
1: Thank you, Michael. Tabgay's People's Democratic Party won 30 of the 47 seats in the National Assembly, making it the new ruling party. The former ruling Bhutan Tendril Party, which won the remaining 17 seats, now returns to the opposition. This shift in power comes at a time when Bhutan is grappling with a spiraling economic crisis.
0: Bhutan is known for its unique approach to measuring success, focusing on gross national happiness, GNH, rather than GDP. How does this factor into the current economic situation?
1: The concept of GNH was first proposed by the fourth king of Bhutan in 1972. It's a holistic measure of development, taking into account psychological well-being and cultural diversity. However, the current economic downturn has cast doubts on this approach. The World Bank estimates that Bhutan's GDP has grown at an average rate of just 1.6% in the last five years. Youth unemployment stands at 29%, leading to a mass exodus of young people seeking job opportunities abroad.
0: What are Tobge's plans to address these economic challenges?
1: Tubgay has pledged to stimulate the economy by attracting greater foreign investment and expanding the tourism sector. However, his party remains committed to the national philosophy of measuring success by the happiness and well-being of the people. It's a delicate balance to strike, and it will be interesting to see how Tubgay navigates this in his term.
0: Indeed, it's a fascinating situation. Bhutan's Shangri-La reputation contrasts sharply with its economic reality. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now, let's shift our focus to the final Republican primary debate before the Iowa caucuses, set to be a showdown between former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Abby, our political correspondent, is here to help us unpack this. Abby, what's the significance of this debate?
1: Well, Michael, this debate is crucial for both Haley and DeSantis. They have one last chance to pitch themselves and make a case against each other and former President Donald Trump before the first votes are cast next week. The stakes are high, especially for DeSantis, whose performance could make or break his campaign.
0: Interesting. Now, Trump has been absent from all the GOP primary debates so far. How is this affecting the dynamics of the debates and the race overall?
1: Trump's absence is indeed a significant factor. It's allowed Haley and DeSantis to focus their attacks on each other and on Trump's record. Both have been critical of Trump recently, with DeSantis arguing that Trump failed to deliver on his 2016 campaign promises and Haley stating that chaos follows the former president. However, his absence also means he's missing out on a chance to face his opponents directly.
0: So with Trump out of the picture, how are Haley and DeSantis preparing for this
1: debate? DeSantis has been preparing extensively for this debate, working with veteran debate coach Brett O'Donnell. His team has been focusing on Haley, anticipating a one-on-one showdown. Haley's team, on the other hand, has been more tight-lipped about their strategy. However, both candidates are likely to be focused on making a strong impression and setting expectations for the Iowa caucuses.
0: Speaking of the Iowa caucuses, How important are they for these candidates, and what are their expectations?
1: The Iowa caucuses are traditionally a significant event in the presidential race. They often significantly reduce the number of candidates. DeSantis has said he plans to stay in the primary for the long haul, regardless of the caucus results. Haley, meanwhile, is polling in a strong second place in New Hampshire and South Carolina, which are more critical to her 2024 hopes than Iowa. However, a second-place finish in Iowa, ahead of DeSantis, could be significant as the race shifts to states where she's ahead.
0: Finally, let's talk about Haley's recent stumble over the cause of the Civil War. How might this impact her performance in the debate and the race overall?
1: Haley's failure to immediately name slavery as the cause of the Civil War during a recent town hall has drawn criticism. This stumble could potentially impact her standing in the race, and it's likely to come up during the debate. However, it's worth noting that Trump also sparked controversy with his comments that the Civil War could have been negotiated. It'll be interesting to see how both these issues play out in the debate and beyond.
0: Indeed, we'll have to see how these dynamics unfold in the debate and the caucuses. Thanks for the insights, Abby. All right, that wraps up our stories for today, and we look forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow here on Current Radio.